Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelorette. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we're talking spoilers, news, and gossip, insider info, astrology, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. And I'm Alyssa. Let's throw it back. You ultimately mean nothing. Like, yeah. hate to break it to you, but like, you better be secure as coming into our family because at the end of the day, you're here because we want you here, not because we need you here. Sam, thank you for joining us for the season finale of The Bachelorette. We have had a lot of opinions over the past week, Melissa and I have digested. So we brought in an expert, Dominique Alexis. She was with us the first episode of this season, and she was also a Nick Vial season. So she kind of understands what goes on behind the scenes. She was on Paradise. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me. Definitely coming full circle, being on the premiere episode and now the finale. Full circle. Are we, our opinions, our sights are completely different at this point. I we're know. jaded. We're tired. But I do feel like <laughs> there was something I said in the premiere episode that I am going to touch on with Greg that I'm like, oh, it came full circle. Yeah. Melissa and I, like I said, have... <laughs> not been arguing sometimes I'm like Melissa and I get so upset and she's like Sam and I'm like how do you think this way she's like how do you think this way so this will be fun um for you guys to listen to because it um we always respectfully hear each other's opinions excited to hear about Dom's but Dom let's like start with last week when the Greg thing happened what were your Mm -hmm. initial thoughts I wasn't triggered by the situation I think simply because I was anticipating it I think, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was anticipating some sort of like blowout or tiff between them. So in my mind, I was expecting more than what I saw. So I was like, oh, okay, this, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I definitely see how people were obviously triggered by just in terms of like the way they were both interrupting each other. Um, I definitely see how his mood changed as soon as he didn't get the response that he wanted. However, I also feel like it was chopped together. So there's things that she probably said that we did not see. Like, I just highly doubt that he said all of that and she didn't say something else that we didn't hear. Or maybe like, even if she said what she said, I can totally see how being in her position is like, whoa, I didn't expect him to say all of that. Like even after Melissa and I recorded last week, we were just going back and forth about it so much. Um, And we'll get into it. But I think all in all, they weren't a good match, like dodged a bullet. I know that I'm not, I mean, I'd love to be an advocate for women and to like make change and things like that. And so there was just this part of me that's like, this is behavior that's on television that a lot of people are watching. And there's a lot of women that are like supporting Greg and, And there's just this part of me that's like, I want to stop this kind of like toxic behavior that like he exhibited with flipping a switch. People are using terms gaslighting. We used it last week. Um, I still kind of like stand by what I said, but I understand why it's problematic for people to like put 
labels um, on others when we just saw clips of things. We don't exactly know what happened. But again, my intuition, like yours was at the beginning of the season, Dom, was that this guy was kind of full of shit to begin with. Mm -hmm. When I thought back onto everything that me and Sam spoke about last weekend, I have to say, I wish I was more articulate. I feel like one thing everyone just collectively, no matter what podcast I listens to, the one theme everyone I felt like skipped over, even though I agreed with every, like so many takes and so many perspectives on all of this, the one thing is just that sometimes there are things like you just don't really need to hear from someone. It's just a moment that you just feel. You feel it. And I was talking about it with my husband and I just remember like one look my husband gave me, one eye contact that we had erased all the I love you's I've ever heard from my ex. Like sometimes even though she gave the validation week after week after week, there's just something that you can see just like by looking at each other in that one moment. And I don't know, it's like that song more than words. It's there, there are a lot more than words that you can sense in a moment. And like, you just wake up and you're like, Oh wait, what am I doing? Like, this is actually not, this is not right. You know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I get it. I just also, um, well, let's just get into it. Cause I still have the, you know, Greg is, he needs like a PR coach or something. I mean, truly, I'm very interested to hear him on Nick's podcast. Of course that's happening. Why did I think that wasn't happening? Actually, I think I'm gonna go out of my way to listen to that. Yeah. I would, I just, I, I wouldn't, but now that I know it's gonna happen, I'm like, you know, I actually will hear yeah. him articulate a little bit more just because we didn't get to hear him articulate as much or possibly um, his parts were edited out, you know, because whatever, that's typically what happens with AFR and things like that. It's just so long. Even in three hours, I was like, I really didn't hear Greg speak that much. I saw him walk backstage more than anything. So I definitely want to hear his take without um, Katie involved. And I know Nick is going to push his button. So I definitely want to hear that on a side note. Well, let's start off by talking, you know, we have the live audience again, um, and uh, Katie's rewatching her breakup. She explains the feelings and emotions she went through rewatching it, and that at first she questioned herself, and now she is like, whoa, I was in the right, I don't regret anything that I said or did, you know, and it was so difficult for her. And then we get the scene where Tasha and Caitlin go and talk to the guys. This is, you know, they're going back and forth in time. I just felt like the kind of um, layout of this episode was really odd timeline wise. Like Mm -hmm. we were obviously able to understand when they were in studio, that was in the future, I guess. But yeah, it just was jumping back and forth. So when Tasha and Caitlin go talk to the guys and they say that um, Greg left and poor Justin is there like, how am I still here? But also like, I have a chance with this girl. He's excited. Um, and Blake kind of gives like a teeny bit of, of a smile. They're like, damn, Greg left. And Justin looked like really shook. And Blake kind of was like, yes, my biggest competitor is gone now. And they tell them they, they will both be going to the fantasy suites. Blake and Katie have the first date and they recreate the 10 things I hate about you scene with Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger where they're throwing like like pink balloons at each other. And then Katie opens up to Blake about 
what just happened and, and where she's at. And he responded pretty well. What did you guys think about her opening up right away? Like feeling as though she needed to tell him this information. Like, was she, you know, responsible for giving him that? Or should she just have kind of played it? Like, this is my business. I love that she told him I would have done the exact same thing. Honestly, I was like, better you tell him now than if you do end up with him, watch back later. Sometimes that blows up in your face. And I feel like in, a, in that scenario, it's best to just start with a clean slate. No, it wasn't unbeknownst to any of the guys that she had a strong connection with Greg. Like they all reacted to his absence because they knew that he had a strong connection with her from jump. So I don't think like her glossing over it would have been smart. I think that would have been a red flag if I were Blake or Justin. So I'm glad that she was very transparent about even her feelings on wanting to quit. Like I was like, oh, this is a hard conversation, but like, I'm sure she felt so much better because after that, it's like all cards are on the table at this point. You know how I felt, you know how strong my feelings were for Greg. You know, I was willing to quit, i.e. meaning I thought he was the one. Those are very hard things to digest, you know, in a, in a hot tub, albeit, you know, it's just like all these things are happening. But I think what you said, Blake handled it well. And I agree with her, like the way Blake handled it was what, kind of was the turning key for her and like wow this guy could have easily run away could have easily been like I don't want to be your second choice but he didn't see it that way like he genuinely was like no I came here for you Mm -hmm. I came here to be here to the end and I'm gonna focus on what that means for us not what that means for you and Greg or whatever yeah it's really a perfect gift on Blake's end to be able to compartmentalize things and just move forward with his confidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he must've gone through something in his life. For it's that Leo energy, this. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Leo energy is just because she basically threw an excuse at his lap or he could have used it as an excuse if he wanted to really, it wasn't an excuse. It was, it was the truth. It's what happened. Mm-hmm. It was a fact, but he could have, turned it into an excuse if he had any insecurity within him but instead he was like no I'm, I'm going to fight for her and that's and she wanted that it was almost like a test I don't think she consciously knew that it was a test but like a subconscious test on her end here's my biggest issue like with her and the episode or one of them is that I get that there's editing and we don't know how much time has passed this and that but it's almost like the audience had whiplash you know you're like wait you're just totally over things now. Like you were ready to quit. You're ready to give up on everything and we're devastated. And now she's just like all hunky dory with Blake. Did she really not have any more pain and anger? Like, is she able to compartmentalize that strongly to realize, okay, Greg was gone. Like he's out of my life. Now I just really love Blake. Did her feelings go away that quickly? I highly doubt that, but I don't think they're going to leave room for that. But I think you did see that in her Mm -hmm passionate response when they did have their hot seat yeah she did also watch the episode prior to filming that so it's like you go from watching it and then you go straight into that so it's very much like in the moment your reaction so that's one thing when I was watching I was like oh she just watched this episode she's 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 fired up she's ready to go because um, let me tell you, if Greg was sitting in front of me right now or especially a week ago especially yeah. a week ago I I mean, I'm not a perfect person and clearly neither is Katie, but I don't know if I would have responded like much better. You agree with how she no, handled? I, I think she really should have pulled it together and like been like classy, mostly just for Blake's um, 
sake. Cause I just think that I hear I, that take a lot. I hear that take a lot. I heard that take with Rachel. Mm-hmm. I hear that take a oh, lot really? with women. Yes. Like they should have um, not been as aggressive with the person that they had like, cause remember Rachel had that situation with Peter. It's very similar. People are very similar in terms lot, of yeah. like, whoever that person, whoever the front runner was, you know, predicted at the start of the season, they had a messy breakup towards the end. Like I've seen this before. And like, bachelorette gets black for for having emotions so for me I'm like you know what roast his ass (laughs) fuck it I know that if it was me I probably would have been even more reserved just because I know me like I don't want to even give you the satisfaction of knowing you pissed me off but I also feel like women get that pressure so much to be like be classy be classy be classy be classy and it's like you know what no, I was hurt and I have every right to react the way that I feel is normal and natural. And that needs to be normalized as well. Just because she's the lead of a TV show, just because there's all these rules, like it makes human interaction so contrived. And that's why you can't get a real reaction from any of them because mm-hmm. they're following these rules. Now, if yeah. you put her in that box of like, she has to be this way. How do we know what Katie really feels? So I'm kind of glad that she went off on him because like, damn, that's how Katie really feels. And I'm glad I got to see it personally. We'll, we'll battle it out with Melissa in a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm ready, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I have someone on my side this week. <laughs> but we have to talk about this fantasy suite with Blake and Katie. Really sweet. This is probably my favorite part of the episode when he tells her that he loves her. And then she just throws her rules out the window, which I hope that that was because she truly felt it and not because she was afraid of losing him like she did Greg because she wouldn't say I love you. What did you guys think? I mean, I think she obviously meant it, but do you think she was like, okay, my rules are changing because I don't want to lose him? Interesting. I didn't think of it that way I guess when I watched it it felt genuine to me but then I also feel like at that point she knew like have a stronger connection with Blake than with Justin so I think she felt safe enough to say it at that point too because realistically it's going to be one one or either of them the next day at this point it's like if she says I love you it's only a half a step away from saying it at the final rose so I do believe she genuinely meant it yeah, I agree because in that moment she basically chose Blake based yeah. on what yeah. she was feeling, based on the difference she could see in a communication after such a hot mess of communication with Greg. It really brought a lot of clarity. I, I do believe she really meant it. I don't think it was like a save at all. But I do also want to mention something that I keep forgetting to mention. I think Katie was very hung up on not only the picture of you know how some people sometimes stay in a relationship or force a relationship because they have that picture and they're yeah. more stuck to the picture, whatever vision they saw or created, they're more hung up on the vision versus being present and seeing how you really are moving together in reality and where you stand. And that's part of like the whole infatuation thing. I think Katie was equally infatuated with the idea of getting to that point as bachelorette where she has to choose between three guys that she can barely choose between and maybe see what happens and decide after the fantasy suite portion of it. But since the whole thing got messed up already, she just had kind of let go 
and let God and just understand that she was in front of the right person for her. But I do think that when she was laying in bed and we saw all those like sad little, you know, depressed in bed moments, I think that she also had a hard time letting go with the fact of how come this is not a fantasy suite episode with Michael A, Greg and Blake? Because I think that those were her definite top threes. What if Michael A never left? What if? (laughs) Do you think that Greg would have imploded regardless and he still wouldn't have been final two and it would have been Blake and Michael A because I feel like Greg was holding stuff in for so long and truly hiding who he was that like Mm -hmm. it was only a matter of time and thank God he did it while on the show and not after could you imagine him winning and watching this back with Katie how much he would torture her and make her feel like a piece of shit for having like intimate moments or saying she cared about other people like I think if Michael A was still there it would have been really hard between him and Blake and that would have been a very heartbreaking thing to watch especially with Michael A's son you know being like involved in this picture so in a way I think it all happened like cosmically the way it was supposed to but I mean yeah like do you think Greg really would have been final two anyways? If he did it yes but I do agree that he was a ticking time bomb in that way because you could just see him getting sadder and sadder and sadder and sadder in the background. He contradicted himself as well by saying like he wasn't getting validation, but then also kept reminding the fact that, well, I got the first impression rose and I got the one-on-one and, and I thought we had this connection. So it's like, why do you think you have this connection, but then you're not getting enough validation. So I was just like, what's happening here? What's happening here? But I also felt from jump, like something so you just said Greg was a Gemini? <laughs> I was like, yeah. There's always two minds. I don't want to say two-faced because I don't necessarily think there are two faces, but I think there are just two minds. Yes. She has a thing for Geminis. Thomas is a Gemini. And so is Justin. Justin's a Gemini too. And he was one of the mm-hmm. final ones. But Justin has a lot of more earthy placements too. Doesn't mm-hmm. he, Melissa? I think, yeah. Yeah, it's her Virgo moon that's that's intrigued by that. There. It's- Caitlin's a Gemini too, but she has a lot of earth placements as well. So she, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a little bit different. She comes across a little bit different. We still have our happy couple though. You know, Blake is just, I just feel bad for him like current day right now too, because his love story is like so overshadowed. I feel like a lot by everything that is happening with Greg and like what he saw and what she said. I do feel like behind the scenes, maybe there's some intense conversations, but I'll get into that a little bit later, but they, you know, have a passionate night of lovemaking, obviously. And then the morning after, this is one of the first times that we've ever really seen a bachelorette wake up, like no makeup, sex hair. That morning after I was like, okay, these two, these two, I really, really see it. And I like Blake a lot. I just think that they're, you know, really good together. They're goofy together. They have a good time. Um, And I think clearly they hopefully have very good sex, which is important. I feel like Katie might've been disappointed by Greg in the bedroom, to be honest. Oh yeah. Because you said you think she would have been, yeah, would have been disappointed by him because he's probably just used to like getting it easy by his good looks and his charm. Which is why I didn't buy the sad boy act because I feel like there's no way that you walk around this earth knowing that you don't, that you're not attractive when you look like that. Not to say Greg is, you know, the most attractive, but I'm saying like everybody knows to some degree what their attractiveness level is. And I'm sure he gets pretty much a lot of feedback in his circle. Mm-hmm. So to, to act like 
you know, oh, I don't really, you know, I'm not as confident or I'm not as like, smooth. it's like, no, I don't, I don't, I, I just didn't buy it. Confident until they're in a room with other attractive guys though. I agree with that because I did, that did sort of happen to me as well. But I will say like, just between them, he could have been a little bit more relaxed because yeah. I feel like when you're not in a, I can totally see how in a group scenario, you kind of like, for me, I felt the same way in a group scenario. I'll definitely hang back and let everybody else do whatever they want to do. And I'll just watch and be like, Oh, that's, that's what y'all doing. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's totally my default. And he probably is the same way. However, when you're with her and there aren't all these people besides the crew, I would have loved to have seen maybe a more authentic, like confident version of him versus like constantly always being so shy and so unsure of the situation. I just like did not buy that, especially the way she was giving him so much validation. I'm like, so then, you know, if you saw Katie as your girl, like, where's the, where's that? I don't want him to be Thomas, but I wanted to see a little bit more of what I felt was an authentic confidence from him. I just didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, because he's insecure at the end of the day. I mean, sure, most beautiful, good-looking, famous people are insecure. So it's like, That's fair. yeah. So I, I, I think he's super because he doesn't have the foundation. He's not in tune with himself. He needs to find himself. I think he's like lost in many ways, which is why he did two years of the acting school and never stuck with it. And then, you know, wow. here, here he is. I don't mean that in, a, in as a slight. I'm not shaming like the thing but I think he's like trying to really find like what his purpose is so he's insecure like in different depths of himself in a, in a way and one billion percent he would not be able to handle doing fantasy suites knowing that she was in the boom boom room with other guys or going to have to watch it in the That's future probably why he imploded He's probably I think like, so too. damn, she wants to have sex with all of us I'm gonna lose it <laughs> yeah. he even mentioned it in that argument last week he's like like how but then, yeah, he's like, we're then we're going to make love. And I'm just supposed what? to yeah. make love to you. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's like a line from some movie or something, but it also is like a it Nick Vial line. Nick yeah. I say, it felt very Nick Vial, Andy reunion moment. That's why I was like, I can't wait to hear them chat because it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm going to be punny for a moment and quickly glaze over Justin's final date because Justin's last name is Glaze. Get it? Love that. I'm assuming a producer was like, you're in. Just kill it at the fantasy suites. You've got this, buddy. I think that you have a real shot at this because he was so confident going in and he really thought that he was going to have a fantasy suite with Katie and, you know, get her love and all of that. But she obviously, after the Blake date, right away, just nips it in the bud, um, sits down with him, explains that, you know, she really appreciates him opening up. She did want a fantasy suite with him. It's one of the reasons I think that he was around, you know, for so long, but he's also lovely and I really, really like him and he handled it very well. And now, you know, he has said his goodbyes and then we get to meet Katie's family, which was I, I think my favorite tw like tweet or meme that I saw was like, Greg would have never handled that meeting with Aunt mm -hmm. Lindsay. Holding I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I just think about those two in the room and I'm like, even Blake was fighting and Blake is wildly, is actually pretty confident yeah. in, a, in a very kind of, I would say calm way. 
he's also very verbose, which sometimes I'm like, like, get to the point. <laughs> Love you, but get to the point. He still handled that pretty well, even though he was flustered. I could only imagine Greg running his fingers through his hair and like being all sad. She would have eviscerated him. She would have ate him for lunch. Aunt Lindsay would have seen Greg and been like, oh, I'm sorry, do you need a diaper, sir? She would have eviscerated him. She would have been like, no. Get Dawson's Creek out of here. Always running his fingers through his hair from the front. Always. Every time I see a guy do that, I think of Dawson's Creek. Every it's just time. Interesting because I don't think that Katie is super close with her family. There's that divide there because she was lied to about her birth father. And I don't think that was very long ago. So I feel like there's still some tension there. She does have a sister. And I was surprised we didn't see her there or hear about her. And like, did Aunt Lindsay really help raise Katie? I get it. Single woman, independent. We don't need a man. I understand. But to say to Blake, he ultimately means nothing. And he better be secure as fuck coming into their family. Like, that's re- that's not cool. I'm sorry. You mean nothing. But the mom finally came around and, you know, shed some tears. And I mean, at this point, Blake knows he's the only one. And I guess this for me is where I was like a little bit concerned with Katie and Blake. Like, how is she so sure just a few days later? And she's now pushing Blake as far as she possibly can. And he's like, didn't you just almost want to quit two days ago? And now I'm supposed to say like, I want to marry you. And I'm not sure if you still have these leftover feelings. And I'm meeting your crazy family who is not very nice to me. I mean, I don't really blame him for panicking. Like you said prior, like the season had been escalating even under, even out of Katie's control. It's like guys were dropping left and right. I could only imagine for him, it was like, I went from the final four to the final, the final one. Now it's like, it's a lot to process too, even for him. But I also feel like I can, I can see how the next morning she, or the next couple of days in hindsight, after the Greg situation, she was like, honestly, him leaving me in that capacity is all I need to move forward. If I was in her position, that's how I would have been able to move forward with Blake. Yeah, I think that, you know, of Katie constantly saying that she wants like a real man, basically. So someone who quits, you can't look back and and wonder what could have been with that person if they just weren't even strong enough to get through. She's, a, she's very committed to this process. You know, Greg kind of like yeah. woke up from the matrix of it and was like, wait a minute, I'm in a stimulation. I'm in a stimulation. I need to get out. I need to get out. Abort, abort, mm-hmm. abort. And Katie's like, I would have never aborted because I like this simulation and I like this process. And I it was a good student when it was my turn. You should be a good student when it's your turn. Not oh, to mention, he was cut from a yes. previous season. Mm-hmm. So let's not forget, Greg has been in the, in the holding pool for quite some time before he actually made it to air. So it's yeah. not like... There's so much going on behind yes. behind that. I don't look at it okay. as like he doesn't know what he signed up for. Because Wait, you so don't then- know until you're in it. The thing is, he's not a Zach Clark. Zach literally had barely ever watched the show before. His sister signed him up during the pandemic. He was not original cast. He literally had no idea what was going on to the point where when he proposed to Tasha, he had no idea there might be another dude there. Like he just literally <laughs> didn't know. And, you know, Greg apparently, too, tried to get on Hannah B's season, then was supposed to be on Clara's season. He's quite familiar with the process, which I'm glad that you mentioned, Dom, because that does matter. Like, yeah, you don't know until you're in it how it really feels. But at the same time, even if you don't know how you're going to feel, 
you can't say like, oh, well, you're just sticking to the bachelor script and you need to abandon it now. It's like, she's not just sticking to a bachelor script, but like she's on a contract and as are you, you're all in this. Yes, Claire may have done this. Yes, other people may have done that, but like, what is it exactly that you want her to do in that scenario? You know what I mean? I don't think he was ever looking for her to pull a Dale. I just think he was hoping it would have landed differently. I think that she was she was listening to him and thinking about Blake, honestly, because her hometowns with him went so well. And she said that everything changed in that moment. He's my front runner, but I'm sort of thinking about Blake right now. And I think he like intuitively felt that. But that's part of the process. That's right. part of the process. As, like that's, but that, and that's what she was trying to remind him of. She was like, yeah, I, things may be changing, but I'm also trying to figure it out with you. But I know for a fact that I'm confident in us moving forward. Even if my feelings may be changing for somebody else on the side, I've always maintained that I'm confident about you. And I will maintain that. Even if this week is particularly murky for me, because I met people's families. Like, I felt like no matter what she said, he was just like, well, no, it just felt different. And I just want to have a tantrum right now. And it's like yeah. that in and of itself, whether whether he felt justified for me just shows a, a behavioral pattern that for me, I'm like, okay, whenever you don't get your way, not only can you not communicate in that moment, and you also therefore quit when things get hard later yes. down the line, I can't rely on you for shit. That, that to me is a huge red flag. And she was right. Like, it's like mm-hmm. we, if you had given me a moment to explain myself and had a conversation, I'm sure that could have been smoothed over. But to then want to quit the next day after that is like, yeah. Okay. So then when shit really hits the fan in real life and we have our phones and we live in different states mm-hmm. and there are a multitude of things we can't control. Are you going to yeah. get upset because you don't get a text back? Or are you going to get upset because an article came out? Or you, like, oh, yeah. To me, I would be like, oh, no. I wanted to ask you, Dom. So, you know, having been on the show, you've been on two of the shows, and I know you've watched a ton of the seasons. This happens way more often on The Bachelorette than it does on The Bachelor. The man, final three, final four, the one that they want the most a lot of the time is just like, peace. I, I'm out. I can't do this. But this like never happens with The Bachelor. Why? Honestly, I feel like when men get that validation early on, it it really means a lot to them. And if they're not the one in the end, it like implodes, honestly. Whereas I feel like girls can handle like that competition a little bit more, even though men technically should be able to handle. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like societally, I find that to be very interesting that like men are actually more emotionally invested in their letting on because look at the way Greg's acting, look at the way Peter acted, look at the way all these situations unfolded. It's like, yeah, the girls were upset, but like, I just find it interesting that the guys decided to leave, whereas a lot of the girls stuck it out. Maddie Pruitt was the anomaly kind of, you know, that she actually left. And I really, I have always kind of talked shit about her and she's still definitely not my favorite, but I do kind of have to respect the hustle though. She stood by her values and what she wanted and just left instead of putting herself through something she wasn't comfortable with, which maybe a lot of women do actually do because we're used to putting ourselves in situations that make us uncomfortable because we're just told to get through it and smile and be classy. Now I'm kind of going back on what I said earlier, but I mean, you're right because we're kind of put in this bubble that we have to act a certain way. Yeah. I also think like the power dynamics is really murky because yes, 
women want to be chosen. That's also sometimes why like you listen to or you read books of women who are the other women that get off on this idea of like for whatever moment they were chosen at that moment over the wife or the girlfriend. And like just something really weird that some of us are like conditioned to operate yeah, on we've been socialized to so, like yeah we've been like socially conditioned to be chosen and it's like if you look at like back in i don't know like the 1600s or whatever going to balls and like waiting for a guy to come up and ask us to dance and it's just weird and then it's been romanticized in our culture mm-hmm. right television through music through everything to make us feel like we gotta chase their affection the roles have been completely reversed right and then for men it's like when it's a bachelorette a man has to be chosen but he's going to get on his knee and propose to her blake has just been amazing throughout all of this they have their final date where they have a healer there it's and blake's keeping on being put in these like spiritual dates like last season with tisha his last date was with like a tantra some spiritual teacher and he got that big boner and like was dumped and like mortified and now this time they have this big like blow up creepy doll Um, blake i know he's like he's like picking out engagement rings with his ex i'm like guys Yes, Guys, and then why you do this to him with his ex? T- I mean, listen. I think I I found it amusing watching Tasha do that. It really was. It really was <laughs> quite hilarious. But I'm also like, guys, really. Like a year ago, you Blake was probably thinking, what kind of ring should I pick yeah, out? Caitlyn could Caitlyn could have handled this conversation. Come yeah, on. I think that when it came to the uh, burning of the insecurities and everything. Everything Katie wrote as her fears, I think were Greg's fears. So it made me realize that another reason why they would have never worked is because they were too much alike. Sometimes you need someone to kind of like secure you. And they were just, there was neither in their dynamic, neither of them could have secured each other. They both have an issue with abandonment and loss. They both lost their father. And it's, it was nice to see her read all those insecurities from the journal in front of Blake and Blake being like, wow, I don't have none of that. So I'm going to just help guide you out of that. And mm-hmm. that's what ultimately ends up happening. So I thought that was really sweet. Tasha, he was like, you better pick that damn ring. Like you did not come on this third season. I did not introduce you. You did not come this far. You did not pick this ring. You better pick this ring right now. Tasha is like, don't embarrass me, Blake. Do not that embarrass me. That was the subtext me. of that. Gri- like that was the subtext of that stare. Like, so what's going on? She gave him like bad advice, which it, you know could have been edited, whatever. But we've seen yeah. it teased the whole season where she's like, this girl wants to get engaged, and if you can't give it to her, let her go. They could just be normal. They could just date crazy thought but he picks out his ring they go to the proposal we're thinking that he might not do it and then katie gives a speech her proposal speech to blake i get that this is the show and that she's the bachelorette but i felt that it was so rehearsed and didn't have a ton of like like i just love you like i just i love this about you and this about you and this and she's just like our journey has been, and it kind of was just like reading off of a teleprompter. 
And I didn't like that. I'm surprised you felt that way, Sam, because you are a number one Katie bodyguard. But <laughs> and I was actually it was like we reversed. It was like Freaky Friday where we like bumped into each other and reversed bodies. bodies. Because, and you yeah. feel the opposite. Because I was like, oh, my God, it was the most beautiful speech I've ever heard. <laughs> I was grabbing tissues because I felt like she checked off all the boxes of like all his doubts that he had when he was picking out the rings. It's like she read his mind and was like don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. And just like giving him validation on everything. But then she made me watch it again. What are your thoughts? I like Zach and Tasha's proposal Mm -hmm. better. So much better. It was like a hundred million times better. Yeah. And I'm only saying that because I do, I feel like that's the last one I just watched. So if I have to compare, if I have to compare, I, I, I liked that better. But at the same time, I'm like, that was true to who they are. They're both Neither, like, she doesn't have much media training, honestly. So she's just, you know, she's still trying to find her footing and like her, how she speaks. Like you can tell like some, sometimes she's speaking in a room, she's speaking extra loud and sometimes she's speaking extra soft. Like I noticed that in terms of like her comfortability on camera. So there's a lot going on with Katie too that I find like influences a lot of like what we're seeing, which reads as inauthentic because she's probably like, I'm proposing to this guy on camera. Like, this is so out of her wheelhouse. Everything has been out of her wheelhouse up until this point. So that's why I give Katie a pass on perhaps it not coming across as romantic and as, like, tear jerky as, you know what I mean, as some of the other proposals was. Because I was sobbing during Zach and um, Tasia's proposal. I was sobbing. Did you watch back as far back as Desiree's season. Mm-hmm. I remember that- when she, when her and Brooks broke up, I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> Me too. I was like, last week I said, I go, you know, I was being just a weirdo last week and just YouTubed their proposal, like Des and Chris. And because there is a somewhat of a parallel. I mean, I think that Brooks left, Brooks left and then Ali uh, Fedotowski, her, one of the people she really loved, also left in this fantasy suite week, just being like, you are amazing. I care about you so much, but I don't feel the same way. And they left, but they left with respect um, Mm -hmm. for for her, for the process. But, you know, Greg definitely left differently. But during Dez's proposal, she was sobbing and she said to Chris, who's now her husband, the father of her children, she's like, I loved Brooks. I did. I thought I was going to pick him. And until he left, I never realized that I had you in front of me the entire time. And I'm so grateful that you've stayed with me and this and that. It was just like, Katie, I think was maybe too angry at that point. She just wanted to delete Greg, act like it never happened in the first place, but it did. But I'm glad that she didn't include him in the proposal. though. Yeah, that would have been (laughs) pretty awkward. So I hope that her and Blake, you know, have a similar path, but she says, yes, Caitlin and Tasha come out. There's the whole shebang. Uh, Blake rips his pants and Blake, <laughs> Blake doesn't even like horses. Why are they making him ride horses again? No, uh, he likes horses. He just was afraid of horses. I thought it was cute because that was their first date. So it came full circle. It was like, they came in on a horse. The first date was on a horse. They left together on a horse. I thought it was cute. I, that's what I saw in terms of continuity, personally. I forgot about his personal feelings <laughs> on horses. I was like, oh, that's so cute. The first date they were on. Like, that's what I was thinking as a viewer. And I'm sure that that's what they were thinking, too. 
They didn't yeah. think, they don't care. They're like, oh, you're afraid of heights? Great, we're going to put you on this date where you got a bunch of dough. But he's like, I finally made it through. I am to the end. I am the chosen one. And you're putting me back on a fucking horse. And what? you put me in tight pants. So I ripped them. I mean, I don't know what was going on with the styling this season at all, but how did they not tell the stylist that he would be getting on a fucking horse? <laughs> don't put don't him know. in tight pants. <laughs> All of it is cannon fodder for great TV because when he gets up and actually splits his pants, it's like, great. <laughs> yeah, and that's who they are. They're just a quirky little nerdy sex bunnies. The spilling of the orange juice in the morning after of the fantasy suite, passing each other the maple syrup. The maple syrup was, by the way, a quarter used, and we don't know why. <laughs> we know why. We Oh, yeah, we do know why. We know why. We know why. <laughs> they just casually, like, um... You would do like some syrup. <laughs> Just leave that there. Just leave that there. <laughs> leave some, drop some hints. <laughs> so, you know, we see this proposal, which was heartwarming. And then we have to go back to Greg in the hot seat. I don't oh. know what order I would have rather this all have happened, but it felt like it diminished the like beautifulness of that moment with Katie and Blake. Yeah, they should have addressed it after she said goodbye to Justin before Blake went to meet her family or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like when she said goodbye to Justin, then they should have been like, this is the goodbye we need to address. That's the perfect segue to bring Greg out. They hash it out, he leaves. And then there's a large portion of them meeting the family, that last date to kind of wash our brains away from Greg and then end on a proposal. That would have been better. But mm -hmm. I guess there was so much hype around them finally reuniting that that took precedence over ending on a proposal <laughs> i do get it though because if you want to keep an audience for three hours you can't like bring the tea up first you know first. You, you can't yeah you just got to keep them going so all right greg mm, okay he he really like pushes my buttons and it's it's funny like he really pisses me off so much um and i usually have empathy for like so many people like I will watch sometimes like documentaries of murder cases I'll feel empathy for like the murderer sometimes like I don't even know why but like oh know, the life he lived no wonder he is yeah gone down this path I do the same thing yeah but you know Greg yeah. he the thing is he comes out with this like American psycho smile on his face he seems they're like how are you and he's like I'm so great I'm I'm awesome you know I've just been chilling in Jersey you know doing the same old like whatever and I'm like why are you like this I mean because he watched the proposal like is he relieved that Katie is happy how long has he known that Katie is happy and I think he was trying so hard to be the bachelor he was trying to say the right things to be like I got my heart broken I've learned so much about myself and I'm moving on and I'm just like dude I know what you're doing I think what did it for me was when she called him out for acting and he did this like very kind of slow scoff. He laughed. He, yes. he, he laughed, but it sounded, he also kind of scoffed where he was like, well, I'm no Meryl Streep or whatever. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's when I was like, okay, Greg, okay, Greg, honey, no, no, this is not the moment to be like nonchalant and like pretend like what she said didn't land. Like you roasted her ass three months ago, fine. But as far as you're concerned, a couple episodes ago, because you had to watch it as well. To what you're saying, Sam, like he was very tight on his like PR in terms of like, 
I'm not going to say any more than what I've already said. And I'm not going to fuel the flames of like me being an actor or anything like that. But I would have loved to see him be like, yeah, so fucking what I'm an actor. Like I would have loved to see Greg's personality come out and be like, that has nothing to do with this. Like I genuinely care about you. Like I don't care what people are saying. Like I would have loved to see him be like, no, actually I feel this, that, and the third, instead of him just being like, well, it seems like you're happy and yeah, like you know, I and I, you know, uh, these accusations of people now. Oh my god, I was like laying low in Jersey. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, what is this like monotone? I need something from you, Greg. I just felt like he scoffed because he was like, I just had a panic attack in front of you, and you are completely disregarding like the emotions that like we had. I think he came in like happy go lucky because he knew she was happy and the and the story ended as he probably already predicted while he was there he's like all right like i took myself out of the equation i could have wasted her time had i stayed and we could have ended up being together and then broken up afterwards which would have like made her whole process for nothing and then when she accused him of the acting thing it's kind of like you did you really just disregard me looking like an idiot on tv like losing my crap on TV, talking about my dad for the first time on TV, emptying my heart for you the first time on TV, like going the most vulnerable he's ever gone. I mean, granted, that's his problem, but you know, it is the most vulnerable he's gone. And it's like- That's not her responsibility. It's the weight that you're putting on the other person to be like, it's that whole, you fill the hole in my heart. This will happen. So I need you to respond accordingly. But sometimes people don't know how to respond accordingly. And they both- had slip-ups in that regard mm-hmm. right but she came in hyper mm-hmm. and and very hot with all this information from the internet and it was just very that's like so that just makes you like whoa, whoa. okay so we're we're gonna go by this we're gonna go by reddit on top of that yes there were rumors about greg that apparently exes have like reached out to demois or like whatever account and said, you know, he treated me like shit. He gaslighted me. He didn't like it when I wore sexy clothes out. He got jealous, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, take the rumors with a grain of salt. But then when you see him behave that way, you have to be like, if someone shows you who they are, you should believe them. Like, why are we, you know, constantly making, you know, these excuses for Greg? Like, we all have our issues. We've all made mistakes. But like, it still doesn't make an excuse for cruel behavior. I didn't see it as cruel because they were both were not able to communicate with each other. They both had communication problems. They both had a disconnect. And yeah, it was self, I think it was selfish of him to be like, I deserve more. Like that was the only part that annoyed me was that he was just like, I deserve more after hearing all that. But I think that maybe he was, I don't know who knows, because like, I've also said those things. I am the Greg. Like when I was, when I was art, when me and my husband got arguments while we were planning our wedding, I was like, you can bring this. And like, he's like, it's not healthy that you're willing to throw away our relationship over these minute issues. Like you cannot be doing that. But like, my husband is a Blake. He's so centered to piss me off. And grounded, yeah. Like I'm fucked up. Prove to me that you can handle it. Like I am that person. So I, I'm the Greg, but I'm also sometimes the Katie who's like, who can just like disconnect sometimes. And I'm like, okay, let me try to overanalyze it. And someone else is like, no, like I'm going based on emotional waves that you're not letting like penetrate you, for, you know, cause I, I do put a wall up also. So I think I've been 
Greg and Katie. So that's why I just empathize for both of them. But I think it's like so easy for people to put themselves in Katie's shoes because she's like the victor in the situation that for in her situation with Greg put her in the victim. So everyone was like, oh my gosh, like ready to defend her, ready to fight for her. But I think Greg's thing was like more complex because there's like mental health things going on with that. Whereas Katie's like just heartbroken. This is what irks me about that. That's yeah. always a fucking cushion excuse for men. It's like, well, they're dealing with this and they don't know how to handle their emotions. And I'm like, well, we need to fucking do something about that as a yeah. collective because I'm so fucking tired of like, oh, well, he's gone through this and we need, yes, I a thousand percent agree, but it will be, it, it could have been Michael A and it could have been like, well, we need to be empathetic because he has a son and it could have been somebody else. And I feel like right. for me, I want that excuse to go away in a, in a broad sense. So that's where my passion is coming from. I, I totally empathize with Greg too, in the sense that like, yeah, you totally want in that moment to have validation and you can totally feel vibes when vibes change. It's the chaos of the response for me that makes me feel like yeah. this, this is something that's like so disproportionate to what's actually happening. So that leads you to believe like if the response is hysterical, then it's historical, which is why she was like, I knew. So if you, you just not reacting now, like you've been feeling this way for some time. So where were your opportunities to tell me that like, you weren't getting enough validation in the beginning. Regardless of what happened, I think his wake-up call was healthy for both of them, it, even though the conversation wasn't healthy. And just because I'm empathizing with both people don't doesn't mean that I'm like, like you know, making excuses for him based on his mm -hmm. mental health. I think yeah. the thing is, though, is that we saw a man get sensitive. And if we're going to villainize him, that's not going to encourage future men to get the help that they need. So that's where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we like all take a pause, take a pause, take a pause. These terms also are from what I'm seeing with, with different people online, like even the terms being thrown around so lightly is very triggering because you can look at it both ways where it's like, oh, I see a resonance of that situation with Katie and Greg and I'm uncomfortable because it resonates and reminds me of a time that I was experiencing something and it led to something much worse. Or you look at it, like I looked at it, I was like, well, I experienced much worse. So for me, this is like a walk in the park. Like my Sunday dinners with my family is like more toxic than this. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you know? like, I'm like, I mean, that would, that would be a good day for, I, I don't know. Like, you know, so, and I did expect worse based on like the lead up and everything. Yeah. I was like, oh. it landed differently based on everyone's different experiences and everything. But now that the dust has settled and, and everything, you know, is just a reflection because this all happened months ago. I just worry that people are kind of like, not saying like we can't hold them accountable because it's really easy to hold them accountable. Like, listen, dude, you did a shit thing. You acted immaturely. You took out too much on a situation. You should have had pause, all that stuff. That's easy to say, but it's like, everyone's like now taking it to another level where they're like, you're sociopathic, you're a user you only wanted this, you only wanted that. And it's like, I don't know if that's really all, I can't prove all that based on what I saw. I understand what you're saying, but we've had many villains in Bachelor history that are good people. Like Olivia Caridi seems like an amazing girl. She's actually fantastic. Yeah, but there's a lot of people like that. And so the audience villainized them 
um, and called them names, like kind of they're calling Greg, but you know, different things. They like, used oh, narcissistic for Olivia. Oh, these worse. Oh, it was really when I remember when when Ben's season was airing, it was really bad. It was really bad on Twitter for Olivia. Like it was very bad. That's probably one of the worst that I can think of in recent history Mm -hmm. that like is kind of marred her experience. You know what I mean? At large. I also know, Dom, that like, you know, different people in Bachelor Nation that like might kind of be crappy that came on for the wrong reasons. I mean, am I right in saying that like you are aware of some people that yeah, maybe they got a good edit or maybe people made excuses for them, but those were their intentions, which were, you know, which were not good because that has to happen a lot. I mean, I'm sorry, this is a TV show. People are going to come on there for the wrong reasons and be shitty and maybe the producers like them and they get a good edit. But let's just say that, you know, Greg, the rumors are true. And Greg is, you know, everything that everyone said about him that he was. And he really didn't care. And he did want to be The Bachelor. And he was trying to get out of the situation and blame it on Katie. How do we differentiate those things and not crucify someone that we don't know, but also make sure that people are held accountable, like, if those things are true and not let him get away with that? It's one of those things where I feel like I was, and I was thinking about this yesterday where I was like, I don't know how the show can continue casting because there's just no way that people are unaware of the prowess of being on this show. There's just no way guys and guys and girls alike, even if you're two or three people removed, you, the bachelor is referenced so heavily in popular culture that people who don't watch it know it. So I just don't believe that like at this point, anybody that goes on is not unaware of what, maybe they don't know the magnitude of what's going to come of it, but they're not unaware of how even just a little bit of exposure can, can create a platform and change or do whatever. What, regardless if your intentions are, well, I have a platform for animals or I have a platform for babies or I have a platform because I'm an actor. Like anybody, like people will pick and choose what they think is, is, is you know what I mean? Like noble or not, right? We can split hairs over that, yeah. I guess. And I think for Greg, I don't even think Greg is nearly what people are saying. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Like, we don't even know him. But I will say, going forward, like, I don't know how they can cast and it be a thousand percent genuine. That's why I'm, that's why I'm actually happy it worked out with Blake. That makes the most sense to me. And she wants to remain in the public eye. She really she's a wanted- content creator prior to that, no? Yeah, yes. And she also, yeah, but nobody's giving her flack for that. So it's true. Yeah. And she always wanted to be the bachelorette and she did. I mean, she didn't come out with a vibrator just to disappear and, you mm. know, and it was true to her and I'm glad that she broke the mold, but I really do believe that she has always wanted to be the bachelorette and, and, and I don't fault so you think her it's for the opposite. That. You think, you think she has the intentions that everybody thinks that Greg has. Yeah, I think they're a tale of two Gregs. So they're if anything, Gregs. or a tale tailored. I think they. I you think, think they're, they're like twin lo- flames. Or karmic Not partners. Karmic. I think it's a karmic thing. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. It, I think it's a karmic thing. Like they both met their match, mm-hmm. in like and and that, it kind of like brought them back to zero almost. Right. It's like it's like it started as a match. Like ooh, lit a flame, and then it was like oh no, now we're in the boxing ring. <laughs> like it's a match, you know. And yeah, I just think that. I think they're more alike, like they have the same insecurities. I do think like if 
you know, if he wanted to be on the show for clout, I think he learned a hard lesson that it's not all rainbows and butterflies. And then that's also why he freaked out because I think he did imagine it being rainbows and butterfly. And I think that she freaked out also because she imagined being the bachelorette as, oh, like I'm going to have this moment where three men fawn over me till the end. But that didn't work out that way because people started leaving. The guy that she ran after, Andrew S., after she dumped, she had said, do you want to stay? He's like, actually, never mind. <laughs> like, she's had a lot of ego blows as well on her end. That's what made me feel bad for her in the whole Greg fight. Or it wasn't really a fight. I wouldn't call it that. But it was just like, it was like a messy, messy conversation. It was what I would really call it. But they, the conversation was so messy. And she was just like, you know, turned into someone that she hasn't shown us. Because there's four different responses in any kind of conflict. Yes. People usually talk about like fight or flight, but there's also freeze and fawn. And she went into freeze and then went into fawn where she's like, I don't know what's happening. And then she ran after him, which is yep. the fawn where you're like, come back. I need you to stay versus yes. like, fuck you. Yeah. And it was interesting because he that he was trying to say to her, you asked me to stay. Like you, you, you said you wouldn't continue without me. And she took that the wrong way. And then she didn't let him finish the sentence. And she took it like another place. And he was like, I give up. Like I, that, I think what he was trying to say was you were asking me to, you were asking me to stay. Well, that makes me go back to the point. I need to make sure that we mention that when Caitlin Bristow asked Greg, do you have any regrets? He straight up says no. Yeah. And that is unbecoming. I mean, I think everyone should have some kind of regret in that situation. And she did. She was like, I'm sorry, I messed up. I think someone that can own up for their fuck ups is that's that makes a good human being because that's why we're here. We're here to mess up and then learn from it and like make a better life. And the fact that he just came on with that fucking crazy ass smile on his face and he's like, no regrets, really happy for her. I'm like, sir, what? This just completely contradicts everything you've said and done. And again, you know, Nick is going to be interviewing him and I'm very interested to see uh, what Greg has to say, but it was, a, that, that wasn't cool for him to, and then the apology of, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way. Fuck that. That is a shitty oh, apology. Really? Cause that's what someone says when they don't want to take responsibility, but they're putting your feelings, like it's kind of your fault that you had those feelings. And I'm sorry, I triggered that in you, but I don't think I did anything wrong. Well, I have to reflect on what he said that too. I think that's in response to her saying that she felt gas, gaslit by the conversation. Yeah. And, and then oh. he was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry and that you felt that way, but that's not what I did. The definition for gaslighting, she didn't properly define it. Like the And even if she did, the term is way more complex than that. But he should have apologized for how everything happened. Right. And he, you know, what she said, I felt like you were speaking down to me. And uh, that was, I think the main response was like, I'm sorry that you felt that way. It wasn't saying like, that was truly not my intention. But looking back on it now, I can kind of see where you're coming from. And I'm gonna not do that again. I think he just wanted to brush it off. And to me, the fact that he was like, not that upset and attached anymore, just goes back to my theory and kind of Dom's theory to begin with. He was kind of full of shit a lot of the time. And yeah, he had a breakdown probably. Yeah. He, he freaked out, but I do think that in his head, he's like, I'm getting a bachelor at it. I really think so. I think he saw his package already in the future of him being like, I deserve more. And I just really think he saw it. Like I do. 
I can't, I can't speak to anybody's actual thoughts, but I will say that I, I do agree that like, it did rub me the wrong way that he, he left in such a, a pat in such a passionate, you know what I mean? Like haste. Yeah. And then to, to come at it so nonchalant in the reunion was to me a, a little strange. I don't know. I feel like humans react so differently in so many different high stress situations. Like you really never know. Cooper agrees. You really never know like how you're going to react. But I also feel like if you really did care as much as he did about her, we would have seen a, a fraction of the same passion that he had when he was breaking up with her on that stage, mm-hmm. personally. Even if Greg wanted to hold on to whatever, like wanted to keep it classy or whatever, I still would have been like, no, I genuinely care about you. I guess I, I, I would have felt it was more authentic if you genuinely defended, not that you have to, that's how you left, right? And this yeah. is this, this, the whole point of this is to bring that full circle. The whole point of this hot seat is for you to tell us how, why you did what you did. Like, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's muddling through each situation. Like, oh, I didn't know that this was what it was supposed to be. I didn't know I was supposed to say how I'm, I feel at this point. I didn't know that I'm supposed to, she's supposed to wait until like, yes, you may not know those things, but like, I don't know. She didn't set her boundary from the beginning about the I love you thing. She said she to him, it. I know I should have told you this before I told your mom, but I decided I'm not going to say I love you until the very end. So that was already like, whoop, that was too late. It's like a perfect storm that all just started brewing for them because they were not meant to be. And it was a definitely a karmic relationship. But I, I think that you already knew exactly how she felt by the way she walked out from the back, like from backstage. The way she came in, you knew already. Like, so I think his guard, he was like really thrown off guard because she was, she came in hot. And if I were her, I would have, even though I'm I'm not saying she doesn't have the right to be passionate or anything like that, but she didn't even let him speak. And I would have been very curious if you stormed off on me or if you ghosted me or whatever, I would be like, be very curious of what, what went on in your head? What's going on in your mind? Why did you do that? And then I would have waited for my turn to be like, you know, not even saying goodbye and just leaving like that made me feel good. And instead he steamrolled him. And it was like, my intuitive hit was like, what is she afraid of him saying? Like, what is she afraid of hearing from him? I just put on the shield and she was just like, nope, I don't want to know anything. I think she was afraid of perhaps maybe catching feelings or if he, if he did explain himself and it sounded mm-hmm. to somewhat make sense. I think she was just like, nope, I'm here now. I'm with Blake and I don't want to hear anything you have to say. That's kind of the vibe I got. And I thought it was maybe very uncomfortable, to be honest with you, because even if she's happy with Blake, I'm not saying she doesn't have the right to be reminded and be pissed again. But there was a little bit of a vibe of like, Greg has now accepted how this all happened for a reason, yet you haven't. There was no way that that conversation was going to go, going to go quietly into the night. Right. (laughs) No way. As soon as I heard they haven't seen each other, I was like, well. This episode probably should have started with Greg and her conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, as Sam said, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to give the good stuff or at least what they know that everybody is anxious to see 
at jump, but the way that they sort of orchestrated it did kind of alter everybody's reaction almost, you know what I mean? As their conversation's winding down, Tisha's like, and next we're gonna talk about their engagement. Are they wedding planning? And Greg's like this, uh, like in the corner. And I'm like, guys. You know, what you said was interesting, Melissa, is that she didn't want him to get a word in because she didn't want to catch feelings again. Like that is an interesting thing. But the reason I was so turned off by her behavior was because of Blake. Like this is supposed to be the man that she loves and cares about and wants to spend the rest of her life with. And this is going to be painful for him to watch, which I think he did watch backstage before he came on. And I think he was a little bit like dizzy over it. Like what what did I just watch? Like, why is she still so upset about this? Like, we're supposed to be happy. And so I kind of wish that she would have more framed it in a way that like, I am over you. And I see that we are better off without each other. But I do think it's an important message to send to women and other men that are watching this that like, I think that your behavior was really disrespectful towards me and it wasn't healthy for a relationship. And I hope you don't do it again. And I hope men don't do that again and get some get some help because it's very hurtful. I think that would have been the way I would have liked to see it play out. Yeah, in a perfect world, that would have been really, really nice. Well, then Blake comes out. I am kind of having some difficulty reading him to see if he's like really in this, if he's like- He is, trep- he is you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He reminds me a lot of my ex. That's why I'm like, as I watch it, I'm like, oh my gosh. He reminds me of my ex. And I'm like, ah. Was your ex a Leo? <laughs> yes. He reminds me of my ex that was a Leo also. I oh, definitely think know. Blake is into it. I just think it's getting, like you said, Sam, it's getting overshadowed by the drama with Greg. So we don't really get to, ex- we don't get to kind of celebrate Blake too, because we watch Blake get his ass handed to him multiple times. <laughs> and now he's finally getting somebody. I'm like, I'm so happy for Blake. And they had, you know, a beautiful revisit of the moment of their first date with that song, um, Memorize You. He has the boom boxes in the audience. They're so dancing. cheesy and so cute. Let's be real. The entire theme of this season was rom-com. And they oh, were yeah. really trying to nail that in. And they did. So there we go. They're happy and in love, hopefully. <laughs> So let's get into some Bachelor Nation news and gossip. According to some interviews and Katie's social media, Katie has said that she's moving to San Diego. And we all thought maybe after she posted last night that she was on her way to Canada with Blake. Also last night, Monday, um, was Blake's birthday. And it's really sweet that the finale aired that night. But uh, we thought maybe that she was just lying. She's actually been moving to Canada the whole time. That's not true. Uh, she is moving to San Diego and Blake and her spoke on bachelor happy hour about him moving in with Katie there, but this Canada stuff is, is no joke. I mean, they have a lot of hoops that they need to jump through. And he said, even during their happy couple weekends, he's literally been in quarantine 24 seven. He gets to spend a few days with her. And then he has to go back to Canada and quarantine, spend a few days with her go back to Canada and quarantine. Like how shitty must that have been? Why did he have to go back to Canada at all though? Doesn't he have like a SAG card since he's been on TV a few times or I don't know how it works. I would have assumed more so that ABC would have figured out a way to keep him in the country a little bit longer. Like I thought they would have had their hand in that. 
So I'm not sure yeah. why he can only see her for like, but again, they also have their own different schedules. So let's say that they feasibly can only see each other for three days. They also have to factor in the fact that they have quarantine rules. So that's probably why it's like, even if I want to spend a week with you, I have to quarantine for this long time. Then it's actually going to take me a month to spend a week with you. Then it would actually take. He can't be living with her because there are eyes on her like they don't let the couple actually be together in case it's that unless it's the happy couple weekend like they're not gonna let them live together until the finale if that's what they are choosing to do so um you know he did say that he's gonna probably go there for three to four weeks and see how he feels in san diego and then go back to canada and get his animals and drive literally like across the country he says his cat shits in the car a lot so he's kind of nervous um good luck <laughs> cat luck. i drove cross country with the pet it is not for the faint of heart let alone multiple <laughs> yeah multiple animals and he's like i guess i'll just do that if that's what's right. And then we'll go kind of one month here, one month there, but it is a little murky because so I'm in, you know, Cleveland right now. And Blake literally probably lives like four or five, four hours from where I do driving wise North. Yeah. North. Like Mm -hmm. we're kind of um, close to Buffalo, New York, which is borders Niagara falls, which is where he's very close to. And so obviously San Diego is on the opposite side of the country. So he's literally doing like almost like a diagonal sort of like, yeah. It's, well, more like that, but yeah. yeah, it's a lot. So I, I still have hope, you know, there's the San Diego zoo, which is the best zoo in the world. Um, have you ever been Dom? I have not been to the San Diego zoo, but I've been thinking about San Diego a lot recently. So it's so funny that I keep, I keep hearing it reinforced in my, uh, do you want to get out of LA? For, <laughs> I've been yeah. LA, I, yeah. I've been in LA for like almost a decade at this point. I'm in my ninth year, technically. Oh, wow. So I'm I'm definitely thinking like the next two or three years if I'm going to stay here because. Oh my God, you should go to San Diego and become friends with all the Bachelor Nation people there. I don't even have the energy for that personally. <laughs> well, truthfully, I've, who I know down there? I think Chris Randone lives down there. He's yeah. cool. If anything, that's, that's one of the things that like I want to move out of LA for. I don't necessarily want to be in the scene all the time. And I have to be by the water. It cannot be landlocked. It's a nice place. So hopefully that could be a really great place for Katie and Blake to land. I'm excited for them. I don't know if you saw this, Dom, that Greg was just caught out uh, with Brie from Matt's season in New York. Interesting. So Brie and her mother, like I love, I would love her to be friends with Blake's mom. Um, Yes, they are meant to be those two. Can we just say the women in everybody's families that have been brought onto this show have been like firecrackers? (laughs) Like, yes. Just think about it. Like his mom, her mom, the aunts, even Peter's, like you think of Peter's mom, like you just think of everybody's mom, sister, aunt, Blake's sister came for his neck. This is the one. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Greg has was seen out with Brie. They mm-hmm. were trying to get into like a big club in New York. And it's interesting because there are several accounts, I guess Dumois is getting most of them, but people that saw them out, they were very rude to people. Um, like a one girl said she went up to them and she asked for a picture and she said that Brie was like, he said, no, we're trying to be discreet. And then they tried to get into a really big club, um, which this one, I believe, they tried to get into a big club and there's a photo of them in line for that club. 
and they ended up not getting in. And there was a bunch of reports of them not getting into the club. And then some girl sent a Dumois and said that I was the one checking IDs and I didn't let them in. And she was like, why? And she said, they refused to show me an ID because I should have known who they were and they were very rude. So I told them to leave. So I'm kind of like, what was this entire interaction? Like, was she just, Brie just taking him out to be like, let's shoot the shit. I don't really like Katie. Clearly you don't either. Um, or I understand what you've been through because Brie has been vocal on podcasts about not being super fond of Katie. And I like Brie a lot from what we've seen. She has? Her. I didn't know that. Yeah. She has on different podcasts said that she was kind of a producer's pet and just was like, I roll, like, don't want to say much, but you know what I feel kind of thing. She wasn't trying to be too shady, but she said that she was definitely meant to be the bachelorette and it's, she's happy for her because it's definitely what she's always wanted. Yeah. So she's thrown some shade, but yeah, her, I mean, and Brie has since, you know, said that like, I still have my boyfriend. We're not together. This isn't a thing, but astrologically they do kind of check out a little bit because she's a Sag, he's a Gemini. They're both Sagittarius moons, so they can definitely understand each other on a really deep level. And um, also your moon sign leans a lot to what you've been through as far as like how you were raised. So um, I think that's very interesting to, you know, have, you know, a detachment or loss of one parent, you know, it doesn't have to, loss doesn't always mean death, but they, ha they have that in common as well. So, so family dynamics, family energetics could be similar in that respect. And then when you look at, like you said, Sam, like their paths on, they were both third in law or third finalist. One of the three finalists had a lot in common with the lead mm -hmm. sort of trauma bonded with the lead free trauma bonded with Matt, you know, being raised in a mixed race family, having father issues and all of that and then greg related with katie losing a father a lot of daddy issues yeah maybe uh, maybe that's why they all go on the bachelor i mean well that's, I a, that's a whole it. other podcast episode <laughs> to dissect now i have daddy issues sign Whoa. me up that's today. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, we're too old now. We're too old now. Um, I'm a podcaster now, <laughs> oh gosh. but yeah. So interesting tidbit that, you know, he's kind of making apparently the rounds perhaps. I know Melissa, you just have a very little thing you want to say about astrology going on this episode. Yeah. Well, you know, it, to see that picture that Katie posted of her and Blake at, you know, in the kitchen with the little cake it just was so cute oh even their names yeah. together katie and blake it makes cake which is also adorable but anyway I'm, i digress <laughs> so uh the fourth house symbolizes home and family and we've already had other guests on the show explain why katie and blake are meant to be but it's interesting that blake's in Blake's astrological chart, his fourth house is held by Capricorn, Katie's sun sign. So mm -hmm. welcome home, Blake. And your wife, your future wifey. So I thought that was adorable um, and very symbolic. <laughs> Lastly, we 
have to get into one last throw it batch for the season. This is where we give drinks to um, the contestants and or the lead to encompass what they were this episode. I'm always creative. You guys do whatever comes to your mind. Let's start with Blake. I'm going to give him a cocktail called Dirty Banana. (laughs) (laughs) It has Bacardi, uh, coffee liqueur, banana liqueur, milk, Ooh. banana. It sounds delicious, actually. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm going to kind of pop, copy off you and just say I give him a dirty martini because it's a classic, and I really didn't expect him to go the traditional route at the end of this, but I'm glad he did. I think Blake's a traditional softie at heart. The next one I'm going to do is Katie. I have to give her a screaming orgasm. <laughs> Vodka coffee liqueur, amaretto liqueur, Bailey's Whoa. half and half. It's another kind of like sweet breakfasty drink. But I think it sounds they, delicious. Yeah, they should have drink it in bed together. Like they should do that, you know? That'd be fun. What would you give Katie like if you could give her a cocktail for the whole season? Sex in the desert? Oh. Instead of sex in the beach? Yeah. Just put even, though she, even though she really didn't have sex in the desert until the very end. I know. But it would, it would taste more like a chai latte, but with like alcohol, like yes. with, ba- yeah, with Bailey's mm. and maybe rum, spicy, <laughs> earthy, gritty, like, ooh. I give her Jagger's satisfaction. It is one ounce of bourbon whiskey, sweet cherry, lemonade, rum cheese liqueur, and Campari bitters. Turns out it's bright green, like the color of her dress from. Next, we have Greg. You're lucky I'm giving you a cocktail, Greg, but I felt kind today. I've never heard of this before, and I swear I didn't make it up. I found it on the internet. It's called the Broken Heart Zombie Mai Tai. (laughs) (laughs) Bacardi, orange juice, orange rum, triple sec, orange caracol liqueur, grenadine, Perrier, lime soda. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that, yes, maybe Greg did have a broken heart, but he acted like a zombie and... (laughs) is just trying to move forward and act like it never happened. Well, I think about a cocktail for Greg. I just think of a cosmopolitan for some reason. Now that, now that I see him in New York, I'm like, okay, Greg, okay, wait. Wait, Greg. I love that. <laughs> I'm thinking a cosmopolitan for you. I don't know why, something a little fruity. There was actually an episode of Sex in the City, like you know that song, like Hot Child in the City. And I could see him being just like, I'm a hot guy in the city. And like with a sipping on his cosmopolitan. Yes. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Burger. Do you remember Carrie dated Burger? Of course. Do I? Broke up with her on a post it. Oh my God, Dom. He's Burger. Literally, I was like, it's giving. Also, was watching the marathon on Eve like two weekends in a row. But yes, I was like, I he's giving me burger vibes. I give Greg the steamroller cocktail because he steamrolled Katie and then Katie steamrolled him. It's one ounce of Saint Germain elderflower liqueur, which is my favorite. One ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice, one ounce rye whiskey, some cherry liqueur, ice, and a lemon twist. And of course, we are not going to steamroll over Justin. We're not going to glaze over him. We're giving him the last cocktail because he's important. With that being said, I am giving him the sidecar cocktail because that's where he's been the whole time. Oh, no. (laughs) 
So it's cognac, orange liqueur, and lemon juice. And I hope that gets him drunk and have a good time because he's just been there for the ride at this point. Yeah, let me think about this cocktail you put me. So. It's called a Have a Heart Cocktail. Because mm. Justin has a heart. I, I know that sounds, it kind of could come off a little harsh, but I loved the moment when Katie said, just to don't close yourself after all this. Like, you were so open and you took a chance. Swedish punch, dry gin, grenadine, lime, pineapple, and a cherry. Follow your heart, Justin. Keep painting those paintings. Put it all on the canvas. Dom, you are the best. We're so excited that we had you on and everyone. Um, we're very excited that we took this journey with you with Katie Thurston this season. It's been interesting. We hope that you enjoyed our opinions and our differing opinions. We will be back for Paradise, so don't you worry. And I'm sure we'll have Dom back on for Paradise because this is her jam. But where can we find you online, Dom? You can follow me at Dominique C. Alexis on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. If you gander to take a look at my Twitter, it's Dominique A1029. But I'll, I'll have to breathe some new life into that at some point. But Instagram is where it's at. Please make sure to follow us at Throw It Batch Pod on Instagram and rate, review, subscribe. We really would love to hear your feedback slide into our dms tell us your astrology placements we'll be more than happy to talk about them and we will see you next week for bachelor in paradise bye everyone bye, bye.